Good day to you, lords and ladies, lads and lasses, and welcome one and all to the table. Gather round. Sit a spell. This time, we've decided to touch an old but relevant topic. It was an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. It was rather broad to begin with, but we're still on debate on whether it should be uh, minimalized. And that would be the, the violence in video games topic. But there's, I think there's a lot to be said there. Um, no, go, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, I, w- I was at one point thinking of uh, bringing somebody on that actually had kids that would actually give us a parent's perspective on the issue. But yeah, he didn't pop up, so. Well, I think I know who you're talking about. Well, I could have, you know, follow me or Sean, one of the two. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, you know, it'd be cool to have him on. Exactly. But anyway. But but, um, anyway, to get get back on track, um, violence in video games, violence in media in general, and whether or not said violence contributes to more violent behavior in society as a whole is more or less the topic of today's table discussion. With us, as always, we have uh, Michelle and his lovely husband, Kevin. <laughs> uh, I am Joni. And this is Aaron with an E. <laughs> wow. Wow, thank you. That was, that was the you only female up, name I could it. think of for Aaron. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joanna, you need to go change your tampon. Apparently things are wrong. Oh, dude, uh, that's anyway. That's just that's sexist. You're gonna get us canceled. We already covered that. Let's not go there. I, I don't know. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thoughts thoughts on video games and violence. Okay, we all grew up because we're all we're all kids of the uh, the late '80s. We all grew up, came of age in what's known as the golden age of gaming. By which I'm talking oh, yeah. about the early to mid '90s, you know, into the into the late '90s, into the early 2000s, it was colloquially referred to as the golden age of gaming. Also, the birth of the ESRB. For the uninitiated, the ESRB is the Entertainment Software Ratings Board that supplies those little squares on the bottom of all the video games you buy that go from E to M that everyone always ignores, and that's a big part of the problem. But let's talk about that for a second. So, like. What was gaming like before ratings? Oh, before, I mean, I think, wasn't Mortal Kombat one of the first ones that actually got that rating slapped on it to begin with? Yeah, Mortal Kombat, Night Trap, and I think there were a few arcade games that were talked about in that particular discussion. That was the first of several times that they tried to blame violent video games for violent things that happened. Like throughout the day, which is just stupid. But Mortal Kombat was, in fact, responsible for that. Well, I mean, it's, it's very stupid. Yeah, I mean, I mean, violence has existed throughout the entirety of mankind's history, right? and it's always—it doesn't have to be attributed to anything. Humanity as a whole is just a violent, violent species. So, would you say that's kind of? Indicative of our society that we're just naturally violent and we're just looking for something to blame for our natural tendencies. 
I would think so. I, I it really comes down to that. Uh, I think violent video games are a product of our own desires, our own violent desires. They wouldn't exist if nobody wanted them. To blame the fact that they exist to as the creation of that violence and not the creation of those video games in the first place, I think is yeah. is not not valid. What you're saying is Neither. violent video games are inherent of a symptomatic desire for violence in people rather than being the cause of violent behavior. People yeah. have got it switched. I mean, look, look at look at Halo. It became a global phenomenon. The Gears of War, global phenomenon. With Gears of War, you're literally putting grenades on people, watching them blow into chunks. The you chainsaw also do execution. Yep, chainsaw execution. Halo, you just watch a guy drop, drop to the ground. There's barely any blood spray. There's not missing body parts. And the ragdoll effects are meant to be humorous. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've been hit with a rocket and I've been sent to the stratosphere. It, it's just <laughs> oh, music. Yeah, that's that's great. I, I've been there, done that. You'll never quite beat the times that I've stuck myself with a plasma grenade coming off the man cannon. It's it's happened more than I, I, I will find it. I think we still have that video out there somewhere. Yeah, it's floating in in the net someplace. There's a there's a Halo Reach video. I think it was was it it was Halo Reach or Halo Three? One of them. Uh, but um, and I mean, where do they go from there? Uh, because like, so they say Mortal Kombat was too violent, right? But games have just gotten more and more violent. Um, well, what are, are they? Because they, they're not saying that it's contributing more and more violence, you know? Right? Like, if it was already contributing violence then, and it make and they're more violent now, that would stand to reason that there should be even more violence. And we're not really yeah. seeing that. That would be the what was it the Increase exponentially as the the violence would do so. Mm. I mean, remember uh, what was it? GTA? What was it? One? It was all top down for the first three game, what, first two games. Yeah, first two yeah. games were top down. And then you got GTA three, which gave you the ability to be third person. Yeah, and what we've the- been third person up until five, and five finally gave us that first person. I'm going to stick an axe in your head, uh, you know, view. You're still not blowing off body parts. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's pulling GTAs in the real world, except for people who are coked up. And there's other problems there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not the game itself. It's, it's the drugs that they're on that are making them feel like all of the world is a game. Those people were going to do something like that anyway is what you're getting at. If it were yeah. for... Yeah. I've had people... Almost every GTA game has had its controversy, including mm. the... Uh, what was it? Trevor Phillips torturing the Hot guy? Hot coffee. Oh, oh. I was thinking... Hot coffee oh, yeah. is another coffee. thing. That, that's, that's sex in, in video games. And that was... For the record, the hot coffee thing, for anyone that doesn't know, it was a mini game that was put into a PC version of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. It was normally inaccessible. Somebody did a ROM dump of the game, found the files, and figured out how to access them, reintegrated them into the game, creating a modded version of the game that featured an incomplete sex minigame that, by the way, is not graphic in any way. 
It's not like, you know, it's incomplete. It's not finished. There's some voice lines and like fully clothed thrusting animations and like a little bit of a mini game reminiscent of like the God of War series where you have like a QTE kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's what it reminded me of when I saw it as God of War. And God of War was more explicit than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was I mean, I think the whole point behind it was that it was being it was being irreverent and silly, which is what Grand Theft Auto does. Um, yeah. Which another point to that is just violence in video games has become more accepted, I want to think, than than it than it was back in the day. I mean, there's still controversy there, but bringing sex in video games and oh lordy, Lord, we can't well, have people. We can have people making love on screen, but we can have them blowing themselves up into tiny, tiny chunks. That's well. Fine. There's that. There's that one rating in the ESRB's rating system that's AO that very few games receive. And if a game does get an AO rating, it's not shelved. Like you'd have to, you'd have to sell it out of the back of your trunk. Um, but I was, yeah, I was just, and the the um, God the the level for what makes an M-rated game has actually gone down a great deal. I don't know if you guys remember this. There was I was a Genesis kid, so I played this game growing up. There was a series of games made by Namco called Splatterhouse. And Splatterhouse 3 was a game released on the Genesis right around the time that the ESRB got started. Now, anyone who's played the Splatterhouse games, first off, by their name, you know there's, they're gross. It's a lot of blood and gore. They're like monster beat-em-up games. I love that kind of stuff. So it was really bloody and gory and, and gross and nasty. And it's the kind of thing that you would think would get an M rating and more likely does get an M rating today. At the time, it was rated, I think it was MA-13, which meant you had to be at least 13 to play it. I played this game when I was like seven years old. Uh, and not accurate. I mean, it's it's that kind of stuff. First off, the ESRB had just gotten started, so I don't think they quite had their sea legs yet. Secondly, we're talking about a period of time where, when things were rated a certain way, they were rated that way for a reason. You remember like old school horror movies from like the mid '80s? Like if a, if a horror movie was rated R, there was like half-naked women in it somewhere, like fully half-naked women, if not fully naked women, or like visceral violence, blood and gore that was quite... Drugs. Drugs. Yeah, and always some kind of drugs. Yeah, usually weed. Uh, Which meant that they were bad, which meant that they had to be killed by the bad guys. You know, to reference a, a very happy childhood memory of From Dusk Till Dawn, having all three of those topics. Mm. One of my favorite movies. All the violence, all the guns, there was half-naked women, and there were drugs. Yeah. Mm. A vampire brothel. I mean... Not to mention dirty condoms full of holy water. That's always great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... On, on the subject of violence in video games, it's just to give you a bit of a primer of, you know, violence in video games and how it's not a new thing. But since Mortal Kombat and, and the days of, you know, Mortal Kombat and Night Trap, and Night Trap, for anyone who doesn't know, is just a silly game. 
it's not the least bit violent. It's not, you know, scary in any way. It's kind of made to be this sort of B-movie horror film kind of thing. If you yeah, want to see something, if you want to see something ridiculous, look up Night Trap footage on YouTube. I'm encouraging anyone listening to this to look up Night Trap footage on YouTube and, and then tell me it's deserving of controversy. So Night Trap is that um, that real-time video thing where you push a button to activate traps or I mean, whatever, right? There's a little bit of like mild sexuality in it, which was a big deal yeah. in the 90s. And so I've seen uh, – I, yes. I, yes. I saw someone do a speed run of that. Hmm. For, so for Games on Quick, they do this, this night where they do like bad games, right? And they'll just speed run bad games. And Night Trap was one of them. And he did it blindfolded. And that was pretty cool to see. But, I mean, it's not that difficult, right? Because there's not a lot of stuff that has to be done there. Oh, because the video itself is kind of unchanging. It just keeps playing through the same scenario every time you play the game. Yeah, um, but he had to get, like, a perfect 100%. So he had to do them in, in the right order. So he used audio cues. Um, but the button stuff was... I mean, there's only, like, four buttons to push. So... And then a button to cycle through the cameras. But, no, I mean, it looks... I wouldn't play it, but it looked fun to it, it was fun to watch. It's, so. a, it's a silly game, Aaron. It's it's a silly game. And I bring it up because it was it was one of three games that was at the center of a lot of controversy in that period of time. Like there was um oh there was a lot of congressional hearings about like instituting this rating system that didn't exist yet. And Mortal Kombat was mentioned. Mortal Kombat at the time was a new arcade fighting game by Midway. Featured digitized actors and a lot of blood and gore. I mean, it's cartoonish now. But back then, it was a big deal because it looked really real compared to what else was available on the market. And out of... So, um... The, uh... Where does Phantasmagoria fit in there? Because it's... Because when you bring up Night Trap... That reminds me of the other, you know, video cut kind of games like that. And Phas- Phantasmagoria was a real popular one. But mm. I guess that must have come afterwards, right? Do you yeah. know? Have you heard Phantasmagoria? I believe it came afterwards. It ended up with an ESRB. Yeah, because that one was, I'm sure that one was rated M because that one had some pretty gory scenes in it. The Death Yeah, animations. that's the game I was thinking of. I didn't get very far into it. Because I kept getting my head exploded. Yeah, yeah. You were this chick, and she was in this house, and you're trying to get away. And if you died, all of the deaths were were movie clips, basically. Yeah. And there was like cut in half, head blowing up, all kinds of different stuff. But yeah, there was there was a whole lot of controversy around violent video games, and then there came to be this sort of, I guess you'd call it a desire there was like a fervent wish to link violent video games with violent behavior for some reason, like parents that didn't approve of their kids playing these games kept trying to link them to violent behavior because they wanted to get them banned. They were like, these, these games should be banned. This is inappropriate. And these people have been doing this for, for years. If it wasn't video games, it was music. If it wasn't music, it was books. You know, they've been trying to ban things that they find inappropriate that make them uncomfortable since like the dawn of time so and i think that's it's all justification so that they can 
they can ignore the fact that these violent impulses are within everybody. Everybody mm. can be violent at times. And it's not it's not because of video games, it's not because of books or movies, it's because people are just violent. Back to the caveman days, if someone was in a different tribe, you, you'd be going to kill them to take their stuff. And that really hasn't changed. <laughs> we still build tribes. That's uh, also a video game. Uh, that, that's a thing that you can do in video games. You can be a caveman <laughs> beat people to death. Um. And a couple of different ones, actually. Yeah. And I think that's great, right? Because that means that for those people who do potentially have violent impulses that they would have acted out on, I feel this gives them an outlet, something to let their imagination use to help to help to help Dean, uh, i'm not gonna lie if i had a, if i had a shitty day when i was working for dollar general i would come home hop on gta and drive down the sidewalk for a bit i'd just go on a rampage <laughs> down to the beach with a hatchet and see how long it takes for the cops to stop me i've had those kind of days yeah yeah, and that's much better than going in your car in real life and driving down some sidewalk. Actually, yeah, exactly. right, yeah. <laughs> I can I can see that. Um, so the argument that you're making then is that these kinds of violent games can provide an outlet that is healthier than what might otherwise be, you know, real life violent behavior. Yeah, because otherwise, what are they going to do? They're going to repress it, and and you. There's a, everybody has a limit of how much they can repress. And once they hit that limit, then they're just going to snap and they're going to do whatever they wanted to do in the first place. Mm. Except it's going to be drastically worse than what they would have did to begin with. Because it's been built up for so long. Yeah. Um, on, on that, there's actually a few separate occasions where... Um, I know of one. It was I can't remember what news feed it was on, but a kid actually came... Off of playing Dungeons and Dragons for a entire weekend with his friends, got so wrapped up into this Dungeons and Dragons uh, scene that they were doing, is instead of doing it in a post or pre or different universe, they used their actual town. I don't know what they were using it as. I, I have no idea. But he got so wrapped up in it that on his way home. He actually saw a homeless guy and literally beat him with a bat to death and took the shit out of his pockets, which obviously wasn't much. He just walked off. It turned out he actually had a psychological condition that it just fed into it. That it That's the was, argument that I hear yeah. from a lot of people, is that, um, that these people that commit these violent but it doesn't matter, right? I mean, if it's if it's D and D, if it's a video game, if it's a books, they're gonna find something that's gonna trigger them, and they're gonna right. go off, right? It, it's just a matter of time. Just, yeah, pre-existing condition. You just need a correct trigger. Yeah, I mean, wh yeah. what was it? Um, there there was a killer that stopped for like eighteen years. He was, he mm. was raising his kids. I can't remember. I can't remember what they were. What his name is, but he stopped for eighteen years. Never heard from. Him. He just dropped off the face of the earth. That out of nowhere started killing again. 
It was simply because he had control over raising kids. It was literally about control. That's all it was. Once he that sounds like an episode of Criminal Mind. (laughs) I'm sure it was based on it. I mean, they use that fact all the time. Yeah, but it is a real, a documented case of a serial killer that just stopped, and you know. Oh yeah, because their life was giving them something that helped control their their urges, and then once the life stopped giving them that, once they weren't able to get that anymore, then they resorted back to what worked for them. Are you saying it's a BTK killer? I don't know. Well, yeah. Okay, I remember hearing about the BTK killer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. So yeah, uh, honestly I don't I don't see video games being violent as an issue. I see the increase in violence that we're getting is more determined on how quickly the kids in the area or the adults have lack of control thereof. Well, the thing is and like I was going to say um there have been all these studies trying to link video games and violence, trying to link really any kind of media that we consume with violent behavior since, you know, you and I were kids. And the whole thing got started. And I mean, like, I would say that this is, you know, kind of a touchy subject, but this happened like 30 years ago now. Um, the whole thing kind of got started with the Columbine shootings that happened with all these attempts to link violent video games and violent behavior when these guys, you know, went into Columbine and shot up a bunch of their, their classmates. Um, and, and then there's, and teachers. well, there's definitely, there's definitely a correlation there to a degree. I can kind of see where they made the leap because these guys did kind of practice what they were going to do by mapping out their school as a wad file in doom. And going over like the whole Doom thing and and practicing it that way. And I'm not saying that that's you know a good way to train for anything like that, or that you should train for something like that. But I mean, it, it is, it that, is can a done, that can be done in like D and D and graph paper or something. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just yeah. they do whatever they want. And I think there, that's the media trying to find some justifications. They see this is what they did in a video game to help help them. Pro- to, to, to do this, but it's not like it was required. Well, well these I mean, are the same kind of people that think that fucking the, um, the, the guys that flew the planes into the World Trade Center were training using, like, Windows Flight Simulator 98, you know, like... Could you imagine them getting, like, the new Windows Flight Simulator now? Because mm. that's, like, just even better. Yeah, one of those really fancy controllers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had an uncle who went all in on that. And, you know, he had the, the full setup, the, the really fancy controllers for it. I mean, it was like, it was one step away from being certified as like an actual pilot. Hmm. Wasn't there a tank game that was almost the same way? It yeah. had a really ridiculous controller. Like, there's buttons for like the windshield wipers and everything. Yeah, it didn't do very well because the controller was so ridiculous. Well, yeah, I think it was the game itself was so expensive because of the controller. 
I mean, at a time when games were, I think at the time, like 40, 50 bucks, this game was 120 or something like that. It's like Steel Armada, I think, is the game. Something like that. Steel something. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially a tank game. And that's another thing, too. War games have been really popular from the get. Like, you know, combat on Atari is essentially a war game. You know, you get tanks and planes and shoot at your your friends. Um, You know, this kind of stuff is not uncommon. And the, the whole Columbine thing started off this bevy of studies to try and correlate video game violence or media violence with actual violence. And at best, all these studies that have been going on since the 90s have been at best inconclusive at worst, they, they don't show a link. You know, so that means that scientifically, there is no link between video game violence or consumption of violent media of any kind and actual violent behavior. And the studies that have found that, you know, violent video games cause violence, like their correlation for what consists of violent behavior is really kind of wide. Like, I think in one instance, they had like, People who played a certain type of game were more likely to put hot sauce on someone's sandwich, you know, which to me is a prank and I wouldn't consider it an act of violence. Yeah, you're a dick, but I'm not going to go home bleeding, you know. I mean, I didn't use tax. I didn't crush up glass and mix it in with the food. (laughs) I mean, I mean, well, we're talking what kind of level of hot sauce we talking here. I mean, hot sauces run like a mutt. I mean, are we talking Tabasco or are we talking Ghost Re- Carolina Ghost Reaper hot sauce? Wait, wait a minute. Did you say gamut? Yeah. The word you're looking for, Aaron, is gamut. They run the nope, gamut. Nope, nope, it's gamut. <laughs> and watch, watch John's mind slowly blow. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I would just like to point out to you that this is a personal thing between Aaron and myself. He has a tendency to pronounce words incorrectly, and when he knows that I know that he's saying them wrong, he will continue to do so just to get on my nerves. So I just I want that made clear that if violence occurs on this podcast, it's Aaron's fault, not violent media's. Malie. I will stab you, Aaron. I will fly to where you live and stab you. <laughs> and then I can, and then everyone will blame it on the video games. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remind me to scream. The idea if you didn't play GTA. Oh my God. R- remind me to scream in, in Latin while I do it too, so that they can say it's because I play for honor. <laughs> there you go. James Bonds. <laughs> You know, um, I, that only worked you dressed in like full, full knight armor. Well, you don't like the knight faction. <laughs> I will, uh, I will make like cardboard armor and cover it in aluminum foil if, uh, if that There's helps. No Viking, then it's just leather, right? And le- not a lot. I think, and, Aaron, then, and then my, and Aaron then just looking at you, on in leather. I think that's what that is. No, and then just looking at you, I'll die of a heart attack. So I'll be like, oh, God, it's so ugly. <laughs> and then you, you know, can be acquitted. <laughs> he says, I didn't kill him. 
I was going to make a bald joke, but then I remembered that Griffin is in for honor now, and he's bald, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I can always wear a wig, um, so. Yeah, well, you need one. <laughs> but, no, to, to, um, to get back on track here and be a little bit more on point, um, they, um, there's been a lot of these studies that have tried to correlate violent video games with, with violent you know, behavior. And like I said, at best, they've been inconclusive. At worst, they've shown no causal link. And I think that that is, I think that is evident of that being you know, the case. There is no link between violent video games and or violent behavior. But people still keep reaching for this sort of link to say, well, it was the violent video games that did this. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I, I'm I'm curious. Well, well, go ahead, Mike. I'm I'm still reeling. I mean, the gummit is still fresh <laughs> on my head. Like it's got me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have to find more ways to incorporate that one, so I can just bug John with it more. It's not an oft-used word, so there's a problem there. <laughs> You could learn English. That's Gambit, you dick. <laughs> right. uh. So, I mean, for me, I think it's always still just justification. People don't want to admit that they have violent impulses. They want to be able to point to something else and say, this is why we are violent, not we're violent because we are violent. We're violent due to X, not because of Y. Mm. Right, and so they're looking for anything that they can causally link to that, and sometimes it's sometimes it's video games. Well, a lot of it's video games now because there's just a, a um, there's a lot more violent of, video games. Yeah, yeah society um, I mean, like, kind of inundated with video games. So yeah, I can see yeah. that. But I mean, back in the day, that was violent books, violent film, violent cinema. Yeah, we have we've all got stories of getting stopped for something stupid for no reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there. But my point, honestly, if there's an increase in violence, I see it more as an issue with uh, parental control over kids that are getting more violent because they're being it's not being left alone and it's not because they're being left with violent video games. It's parents just don't give a shit. Thank you, sir. Thank you for saying it because if you didn't, I was gonna. So, and I, I will point out this. I worked in the electronics department at a Walmart for six years. The amount of copies of GTA five, I watched a parent buy because their underage kid couldn't get it and just hand it to him on the spot. Mm. I, I couldn't even tell you. That was just GTA 5. They I didn't will... cover any of the other Call of Duties. But uh, I mean, that's still trying to link violence in video games, right? Just yeah. because the... the and can, it's I showing, guess it's... it's showing the, the, the lack of give a shit by a parent. That's That's fair, yeah. That if you if you honestly don't give a shit about your kid, sure here, just desensitize them to violence so that way when they do go and beat somebody with a bat, hey, he did it here. I mean I mean I mean come on. Well what I'm saying is that the the 
you know, the video games don't desensitize to violence, but I do see a point there in that if they're not even caring about the rating, what else in that child's life are they not caring about and letting get away and creating an environment there? I don't think the I don't think violence in video games or in media of any kind is desensitizing people. I mean, just because you go and do these things doesn't mean that people are able to just kill all willy-nilly like, right? I mean, that's why people still have to go through military training to be trained to actually shoot people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right? I mean if, if violence in video games was a desensitizing everybody, then we'd have a ready, willing thing where we wouldn't have to train anybody to not, uh, to, sh- to train anybody to, uh, to shoot people. Kill. Right, they 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 already know that. They just have to learn how to aim with real guns, and then they'd be done. But that's not the case. I, there was this one article, this one book I read about the violence in the Vietnam War, that was really interesting because the training was not quite as good back in the day, and they found that the casualty that that there were volleys of shots done by American soldiers that didn't hit a single person. Because everybody shot up because they assumed somebody else would actually do the shooting and killing. And but because everybody did that, you just see a line of fire that went over the you know over the enemy's head, entirely over it. So our troops had a stormtrooper moment, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh no. Stormtroopers were actually trying. These guys yeah. were actively not. Yeah, they were actively, they were shooting because they were told to shoot, but they weren't aiming at the soldiers. They were aiming somewhere else so that they didn't have to kill somebody. But our training has gotten a lot better to integrate that so that people aren't, so that the soldiers aren't forced to deal with shooting somebody as they're shooting somebody. They like the real life or the, the real live fire combat training that they do now is is that's what desensitizes a person to violence, to, to, to shooting and killing someone. It's uh, actually shooting and killing someone. Well, because what they're doing is cutouts, right? And then, or they're using, they're using BBs and stuff like that. They're, they're using anything to actually be shooting something that either looks human or is human so that when they get to the real life fire, uh, the real live guns and enemies, they're actually shooting the enemies. So let me get this straight. You're saying that in the interest of desensitizing someone to the actual potential violence of shooting and killing someone that in the case of like training, something like airsoft or paintball would be ultimately more effective than video games. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't, then they'd just be using video games, but they don't, they use, they use airsoft, they use paintball. I think it's airsoft that they'll use for, for like actual people. But a lot of like silhouette stuff. I mean, they'll still use that. Okay. They'll use the video games. So that begs the question: Then how come we're not trying to ban airsoft and paintball? If if that is a more effective training tool, right, for potential killers, if that helps to develop the killer instinct, then why are we not banning airsoft and paintball? Because it started out as entertainment, not so, as so the video game. Yeah. So did Pac-Man, my dude. Like, I mean, that's... Because parents didn't want people sitting there, didn't want their kids sitting inside playing video games and they wanted to ban them somehow. <laughs> they don't mind if they go outside and play Airsoft because they're outside. And I, I let me not lie, I 
in the day owned several airsoft guns, and I learned to be quite at night shooting my friends in the ass. Believe me, it was quite fun. I, I mean, I've you don't had a see blast playing airsoft in the past. I'm not saying that that's not fun. It, it's a great time. I'm not a natural, just outright born killer. No, no, and I wouldn't think that the the vast majority of people would be. Keep in mind, I I've for I can uh, what I had my snake since 2016. 2016 when I got my snake. Before mm -hmm. that, 2002. I got him in 2002. Yeah. I have fed this snake live animals. I've been feeding that snake live animals for over 20 years. I, uh, oh, not effective. I mean, uh, uh, it's a rat. <laughs> you just don't get attached to the things that you're feeding your snake, is what you're saying. Like, exactly. You don't, you don't name the feeder rats, you know. Um, oh, lunch, dinner, breakfast. I mean, that's about it. <laughs> uh, but like, I feel like the, I feel like what you said earlier, Mike, was right. I think that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, the correlation between between like violent behavior and video games is a lot of parents that are giving their kids access to games that they shouldn't have access to. Oh, and it's then not, it's, not the games. It's, it's not the games. It's just their lack of give a shit in general. Well, that's, you, that's what I, I'm going to say. I've, well, I've come yeah, across it, kids now that, that are six, seven, they're going into stores. Like my dollar general, I had a six year old come in he pulled every every box of Pokemon cards down, ripped them all open, took the booster packs, and ran out the store with them. It's a kid from the neighborhood. Kid came in the next day with his parent, and I'm like, okay, so are you gonna are you gonna pay for all these Pokemon cards? They're like, what are you talking about? I had to show them the video footage of their kid on camera just taking them all out and running out the store. They go, okay, so why didn't you stop him? Why, why do I got to teach? So you want me to stop your kid? You want me to lay hands on your what? kid? They had a fit about me just talking about putting my hands on their kid. What the fuck are you going to do about why your kid? I stop them? Why weren't you a parent? That's the question. It's not why didn't parent. I stop your kid? Why weren't you a parent? They live two blocks over from the store in an apartment building. Your kid comes over there all the time. Yeah, I would think that he'd wind up banned at that point. I sat there, and the next time I seen him come in, I seen a cop out in the out in the parking lot. I'm like, can you just – I told the cop what I'm about to do. I'm like, I just want to scare the shit out of him. Scared the shit out of this kid. He brought every one of those cards back, handed them to me crying. I'm like, look, man, I don't want to have to do it. But you stole them. And, yeah, he never came back in and stole. Matter of fact, anytime he saw somebody steal him when he was there, he'd come and tell us. It's hilarious. Mm. Well, I mean, sometimes that's all it takes is a little, a little bit of a nudge in the right direction and an idea that there are consequences for your actions. I will say this, okay? With, with regards to violent video games and little kids, okay? Like, like I said before, we were all raised in you know, the golden age of gaming. We all played Mortal Kombat before we should have. I know I did. I had a copy of Mortal Kombat 2 when I was a kid. It was one of the things my sister got me as a birthday gift, one of my favorite things. But the, the big difference between then and now is that my mom and dad sat me down in the living room 
in front of the TV and was like, hey, this game that you bought that you play that's so violent, you know you can't do this stuff in real life. They sat me down and explained that violent video games do not mean that violent behavior is acceptable. And I think that that's something that a lot of parents aren't willing to do. It's the same sort of conversation that a lot of parents don't want to have with their kids about sex. It's an uncomfortable, it's an uncomfortable conversation that they don't necessarily want to engage in. And they expect society, by and large, to do it for them. I, it just it doesn't, it doesn't help matters if you're not willing to sit down with your child and discuss with them the possible ramifications of their actions. Because then they're stuck learning the hard way when they get arrested for, you know, some violent act or some illegal thing that they do, you know, be it stealing Pokemon cards or beating a homeless guy to death with a baseball bat or, you know, whatever it happens to be, you know, I feel like that's the kind of stuff that needs to happen. We need to have more parents sitting down with their kids and having these conversations. And more than that, I feel like people need to, to take the ESRB ratings into account. Because I, I see people that are like, well, you want to you ban Looney Tunes, but you're letting your kids play games like this. It's like, the game that you're showing is rated M for mature. A, a child under 17 is not even legally able to purchase that game in most states. So for them to get that, you had to get it for them. And as such, you're as guilty, as culpable as anyone. And I think that that is relevant. I think that that's important. I think that there's a distinction to be made there. Um, well, I don't really I, have much. I mean, like, because the thing is, is I think the rating system itself is just screwy. I don't really think there's any limit to. I don't think we played Mortal Kombat too early or anything like that. I think that the violent video games, I think, are fine at whatever age, so long as it's an age that you're fine sitting in front of a TV and playing video games. So obviously, if they're a toddler, they shouldn't be spending that much screen time anyway. It's more of a screen time thing than the fact that it's violent. And then separate from that, it's instilling values in the kid that are that are important, right? And that, that there are consequences to actions, that that what they do in, in real life is important, you know, is 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 more important than what they do in video games, stuff like that. But that isn't necessarily relevant to like the ESRB. I mean, you can play a mature game or you can play, you know, a, a teen game or you can watch Looney Tunes or you can watch like an R rated movie. It's all about the parents understanding of context at that point. That still boils down to proper kids. parenting though. Like yeah. that still boils down to proper parenting. You still should sit down with your I'm, kids and your parents. I'm going to be real. Um, most of my uh, shittier stories of Ill, ill-parented kids are going to come from these Dollar Generals. Mm. Mostly that's because I was in that shit for six years, and before that it was Walmart for six years. In Either one were fun. Don't either. But, in the ghetto. <laughs> but the Dollar General was the worst of them. With mm. Walmart, they would actually stop you if they spotted you on camera stealing, and they would they would stop you. But with Dollar General, they were telling us to keep our hands off of you and let the police deal with it. Now, at one point, I'm not going to lie to you, we watched... I'm on register. I watched a guy come up, 
and literally run out the door with an entire basket full. That's not the bad part. The bad part is the other two adults that were carrying bed sets, one in each hand, two-handed bed sets. So they ran out with four. It doesn't include all the diapers and whatnot that were actually in the basket. Then the two small children that ran out with two big squirt guns that they had to two-hand to run out the door with them. This all happened at one time. I ran down the road with the basket. Everybody else piled in the car. What are you teaching your kid? If you can get away with it, you're fine. That's what you're teaching your kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. Violence? Bad parenting. That's where I'm pointing that. Yeah. I, th I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I think that... I think their ratings should be heaped and not necessarily ignored, even if they're not as effective as they could be. They're even less effective if they're completely ignored. I mean, if you have a problem with the things that your kids are playing in terms of video games or the movies that your kids are watching in terms of content, then it's up to you as a parent to say, you are not going to watch this. You are not going to have access to this media because I have deemed it inappropriate. And yeah, your kid's going to hate for it sure but you know you're the parent that's your job so restrictions like that i feel don't work very well right because if you're going to restrict a kid from doing something that's the only thing they're going to want to do um it's like the people who are strict on like no going out for parties no drinking no nothing like that and then they get their first taste of freedom at college and then they become the absolute wild party child they just go completely insane. Yeah, and no, I hear you. I'm more yeah. in line with they, they should have access to these things, but they should be done with good parenting at the Moderate. same time so that, they can, so that they can learn from these experiences early and not be exposed to them all at once as soon as they're, they're free, basically. Well, I mean, you grew up up here where a lot of, like, the grad parties, you were, you know, 17, 18 years old, and they were usually at some kid's house, and there was alcohol there freely, and they were like, we'd rather you be drunk here than be out, you know, somewhere in the woods and have to, you know, come home inebriated or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, know that was, I know that was my case. I've, I've gone to my fair share of grad parties for my friends, and we were not, we were not 21. None of us was. And we were all very drunk. Um, so, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating that before anybody gets the wrong idea in their head. I'm not advocating for underage drinking. Um, I don't think you should drink until you're, you know, I, I think the drinking age is too young as it is anyway, because your brain's not finished developing until 25. So early exposure to alcohol can fuck with mental development and can cause neurological issues. I think that that is relevant. So I don't think you should even be drinking before 25, or at least, you know, until your brain is fully developed, because you can cause problems prior to that. I think it's fine, but as with everything, moderation. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, so if, they, if they're 25 and then they just start drinking like crazy, that, that's going to be just as bad as if they're 17 and drinking like crazy. They shouldn't drink like crazy. This coming I mean, from the guy who at 17 was drinking like crazy. <laughs> I got it all out of my system real young. <laughs> <laughs> then there's guys like me that just 
would drink like crazy on the rare occasion and just eat the next morning. Well, that's that's self control. Yeah, yeah, not fun. And then there's there's guys like John who just want to drink until they barf all over the fucking grass and kill it. Hey, I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> it was my birthday. I had a few too many. I apologize to your boy. wife. What more do you want from me? <laughs> New grass, motherfucker. <laughs> I'll no, I mean, I imagine at this point there's already new grass, right? It's not like it's still dead. <laughs> the sad part is we're literally about to rip that grass out. <laughs> and I'm still going to away. You should set it aside so next time John gets drunk. He's got a place where he can throw up. <laughs> you know, I love you guys. Just in case I haven't said that today. I, lo- I love you both. Now, um, we're, we're, put, we're cutting out a large section of the grass to put the fire pit directly above it. Hmm. Nice. But yeah. Back to this. Or do you, what do you think, John? Have, have we covered your topic thoroughly? I believe this one was another John topic. I mean, there was more that I wanted to to say. Uh, there's, in particular, a uh, a story that I think really stuck with me. Not necessarily a video game thing, but um, there was. Uh, remember when the first Deadpool movie came out? Yeah. Um, I used to get. I got a lot of stories from uh, the the movie theater attendants because I go to the theater like a weirdo. Uh, I get a lot of stories from the movie theater attendants about parents coming out of Deadpool with their kids, like super upset. Like, I can't believe you would show this film to children. And the the theater attendants, like, um, ma'am, the film is rated R. It's not meant for children. And anyone who's seen Deadpool knows it's not meant for children. Um, anyone who knows Deadpool as a character from comics before the film even came out know, knows that that movie should not have been meant for children. Not all superhero properties are children-friendly properties. Not a Just superhero. As a, as a note, do they have a ESR, something similar to the ESRB for comics? Uh, they did. Uh, I don't think they do anymore. Um, the uh, the Comics Code Authority was uh, a thing that existed, and if a if a book was Comics Code Authority approved, then you knew it was all ages friendly. A lot of uh, Archie comics had uh, Comic Code Authority stamps on them. Um, and I read a lot I of mean, so. I mean, so, like, you know, the kid's kid grows up on Deadpool comics, right? I mean, there's no restriction there. And the, parent, the parents don't even have any way to know that what's the content unless they actually read it. I think, yeah, Again, that's another thing, too, is a little more engagement by the parents and the, the, the media that the child is consuming. Right, you get you get parents who are watching the the children's TV shows with the kid, and like, okay, that's good. Or though the kid's reading a comic book, and then they they may browse through it and look at it. But it's rough with the video games, I think, because the video games sometimes are such a large product. I mean, you're talking not an hour or two. You can't skim it. You're talking hours and hours of content sometimes, and it's hard for a parent to to know. Which is why they have a rating system, so they they don't have to guess. Well, yeah, but you still want to poke your head in on your kid to see what they're playing every once in a while, you know? that What's that meme, you know, the, the stick figure dad, you're winning, son? Like, you want to do that <laughs> every once in a while. You want to check in on your kid and see, like, you know, 
I mean, when the, when a kid hits a certain age, you might want to knock. They might, you know, have something in their hand you don't want to see. But <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that that's there's another meme to that too, where like it's the one screen where it's like this is what it is when I'm playing, and it's all action, just like you know, like normal video game action, nothing too crazy. And then this is what the parent sees, and it's like the one scene where someone's like suggest half naked or something like that. Oh, yeah. and as a whole, the game is not about that. But because the parent steps in and sees that, that's what they think. Fair enough. I'll give you that one. I won't argue against that. Um, Duke Nukem. Oh, Duke Nukem's a trip. Duke Nukem was irreverent from the get, and that was kind of the... I don't know. I, I say Duke Nukem because one of the kids I grew up with, his parents were extremely religious. And when they bought him this game... Know, they they knew that it was violent, but it wasn't violent towards humans. He's just you know you're shooting pig like uh, pig humans and shit like that. And they were okay with it. it. Wasn't until he was playing through the uh, campaign mode and he ended up finding one of those secret rooms with the women that are half naked. They walked in on, and that game was immediately taken. I got a free Duke Nukem game. <laughs> Aliens and that kind of thing. Yeah, I got a free Duke Nukem game. <laughs> Go ahead and kill all the demons. Or you know, half half human things you want, but a little bit of skin, woo, better back up. <laughs> yeah, that becomes an issue for sure. Which I think on. is just silly, right? I mean, that's well, it's we're it's hypocrisy. Pixelated boobies, pixelated. Well, I will. Boobies. I will put this out there now. That kid did turn gay, so <laughs> his parents did something wrong, or, or they didn't. You don't turn gay. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's it's not just genetic or anything. There's cultural environment, cultural stuff to that. He did. Yeah. He originally, like, when I was hanging out with this kid, he was a raging, like, I'm going to go, you know, he, nothing, nothing but girls. That's all this kid would talk about. Well, maybe that was just overcompensation. Yeah. I was going to say he was he's maybe overcompensating or, you know. But you don't know. I mean, that, there's no, there's no guarantee there. I mean, well, yeah. I won't argue that. But. I mean, yeah, Duke, Duke Nukem was violent and irreverent. That was kind of the whole point. Uh, games like Postal existed. It's possible to play Postal and never experience the violence of that game by being a proper postman and delivering, you know, post and stuff. But you can also, you know, blow up, you know, your customers and urinate on their corpses and stuff. So, like, that's a whole nother can of worms. It would be hard um, to play that game with being just a straight-laced postal worker. <laughs> It's but just it's so possible. easy to do other stuff, yeah. yeah. It's possible, though. That's kind of the point that I was trying to make. Yeah. And, well, it's also possible to drive the speed limit and stop and at all the stoplights in GTA. And I'll do that sometimes yeah. just because it's fun. <laughs> the AI doesn't even do that, so what the hell is the point? The AI actually, doesn't even stop the stop signs and such. Actually, they figured out that there is a programming error for that. The, the AI is supposed to stop at the stoplights, some kind of programming error doesn't allow them to recognize all the lights correctly. Which just ah. makes it more accurate to real life, I think. Because yeah. <laughs> some people blow right through the light, they don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, you can see plenty of those crash videos on YouTube. But I mean, like, okay, so for, for our listeners here, um, you know, Mike, Aaron, myself, we're all, you know, childless men in our 30s. Although we all have, you know, nieces, nephews, that kind of thing. So we're all exposed to it. And we all grew up in, you know, the late 80s and 90s. And we grew up with 
violent media and violent video games. Shit, like one of my favorite movies was Commando. That's probably one of the most violent fucking action films ever made. You know, you had Rambo, you had Commando, you had the Terminator series, you know, uh, No Retreat, No Surrender, violent karate films when I was a kid. Like, no, my mine was Rambo. Well, we, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is we were all violent. We were all inundated with violent shit as children. And none Predator. of us, none of us has <laughs> gone out and like shot up a building or, you know, skinned a bunch of our classmates and dangled them from trees. Ugh. And I, re- I realized that we're a relatively small sample size and it's really not, it's really not fair for us to talk about, you know, raising your kids right when none of us have kids ourselves. I can only speak about the way that my parents brought me up and the media and games that I was exposed to as a kid and how not a psycho I turned out to be in spite of the area that I grew up in and all the people that I think were honestly trying to make me into a psychopath. Um <laughs> talking about up there or down here because i can't co- i can't vouch for that up there oh no down down there i was great down there i was fine i was well socialized and had friends and people liked me or at least i thought they did uh i just i happen to move up here right around that age when kids get really clicky and weird and i was the odd one out you know that's not their fault any more than it is mine um but i did wind up with you know a five-year stretch where i was surrounded by people that didn't know me. I never thought they liked me. And at least two or three people I can think of off the top of my head that were actively trying to get me to do violent shit. They were, you know, there was one kid in particular whose name I won't mention on this podcast who came in every day and kept asking if I had a list of people I planned to kill because they were trying to get me to admit to it so they could try and get me expelled. At one point, I finally fucking snapped, and I said, look, I don't have a list because I'm not stupid enough to keep something like that around. But if I did, guess who would be number one? You know, How I quick to- did you end up in the principal's office for that one? Oh, I've ended up in the principal's office for a lot of stuff. I ended up in the principal's office for straight up threatening to kill a kid one time because he said something about black people needing to stay slaves. We were in our social studies class and um they were doing a unit on the civil war and whatnot and uh it was this whole thing about well it was the war that freed the slaves and what have you and this kid again whose name i won't mention uh he he stands up from behind the table he's sitting at you know and he's like the teacher's pet so she calls on him immediately and he's like well i think i speak for everyone when i say black people should have just stayed slaves and my hand shot straight up and I sat there and I waited to get called on. And when I was called on, I stood up, I looked him dead in the face and said, how would you like me to fucking kill you right now? Don't ever say anything that ignorant and racist in front of me again, or I swear to God, I will jump over the table you're standing behind and wring the fucking life from you. And I was sent to the office and I didn't get in trouble for it, but I got, I got ejected from the classroom. Uh, <laughs> One of my favorite stories to tell because I, I think it's, you know, quite righteous of the school building to allow me to see an injustice and call someone out on it without any kind of, you know, any kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Repercussion? There you go. That's it. I knew it started with an R. My brain's just, 
I'm a writer, guys. Uh. And I'm the one. <laughs> well, you had a whole gamut of choices there, so I don't blame Damn you for it. it. I'm proud of you. You worked <laughs> correctly. Gamut. A whole gamut of choices. My bad. I miss. I misspoke there. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, you, you see what I'm saying? You know, it's it's not so much about the media that we're exposed to. It's not so much about violent violent media or violent, you know, violent stuff we see in the news day in and day out. Sure, that can desensitize you to a degree, I would assume. But it's more about the way that you're raised, the way that your parents, you know, sit down, their presence in your life or not presence in your life. You know, I'll give you an example. My nephews were both playing, you know, games like Grand Theft Auto and Halo at the ages of like, you know, eight, 10 years old. Um, one of them is a quartermaster on a U.S. Navy destroyer right now. He's a very smart kid. He's looking to get into astronomy. You know, another one is, you know, doing his own console modding and building computers and shit. They're very, they're very smart kids, very bright. And they're, they were exposed to all that same stuff and none of them have done anything violent. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. Violent media does not dictate violent behavior. And the kind of people who would commit violent acts were going to do that anyway. Yet at least three people out of my graduating class have been put in prison, one of which for attempted murder. And I know one did get put in for Sounds like they were a quitter. (laughs) No. Attempted, the other one got put in for actual murder. I mean, I'll okay. be real. There's a thousand Tyrones in this world, so I'm not sweating it. I just won't drop a last name. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Have that guy. I just, I don't want to. I don't want to incriminate anybody with names, but you know, Aaron know. knows I mean, the kind of people I'm talking about. If you know the exact person I'm talking about, he knows the the type of person I'm talking about. Oh, for sure. I don't know. I'm not necessarily always in your social studies class or any of that stuff, but I mean, I do. I, yeah, I was there with you when, in, in, when you were in high school. So I know the kind of shit you were getting, flack you were getting all the time. And we got, yeah, and we the people who were all kinds of examples. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yet it was the same time that John left that I ended up in, in a school with very limited friends. A way higher density of kids because I'm I'm in the Detroit area, mm. and my only defense was to fall back on that misconception, so they would leave me the fuck alone. I got into the trench coat. I wore the black clothes. I did the sunglasses. Yeah. I kept my head down. I made it seem like I was really angry all the time. It worked out. So right. he, le- left me he leaned into it. He leaned into it as a persona, as what I would call an asshole screen. You know. If people were afraid of him, they didn't bother him. Uh, um, I, I think there needs to be a certain I, I can, school population density to... Uh, a thing. Maybe it wasn't the most healthy way to deal with it. Yeah. I think there needs to be a certain school population density to hit that. I mean, our graduating class and where for me and John was 50 people. And that's just not enough to be able to, 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 to do that, I think. I mean, it's you're just going to keep picking on you. You're adequate. Graduating class, are you properly socialized? Wonder something. Yeah, see. 
And a lot of those kids I knew. Yeah. My yeah. 200 of these people, and I'll be honest, at least a third of them probably did not deserve to pass. I'll be real. I've been, re I've been reaching out to some of them through Facebook here uh, recently. I've been trying to reconnect with some people down that way. But I'm betting you're getting nowhere, most of them. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got one response back to a friend request I sent out. That was pretty much it. And it took a minute for them to remember who I was, too, so there's that. But it's been 20 years. Can you blame anybody? Yeah. I know, John. But I kind of memorable. Walk, you know? I, figure, I love you that's too, usually buddy. Usually, how a lot of people remember you. Sorry, it is. I, I love you. I love you too, buddy. I love you this much. <laughs> yeah, the, your screen's black for me, so I don't really see anything. That's a big old middle finger. For our <laughs> listeners, I'm flipping him off. <laughs> I'm playing him some one-note jazz right here. Um. But no, I mean, like that's that's kind of what I was getting at. I think that I think the premise behind the conversation is: Do violent video games? Does violent media contribute to violence? I think that the answer is that it can, but only without with the absence of proper parenting. I think that it 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 boils down to: Are you willing to be a proper parent to your kid, or do you just want them out of your hair and to shut up for a few hours? Well, it, it's not just that. It's the social economic area. I mean, I'm in an area where, sure, the parents might be involved. I've had, when I was younger, I had parents crawling up my ass because I was I'm threatening their kid. Hey, I wouldn't oh, threaten your kid yeah. if him and four, you know, him and three of his friends didn't just try to jump me because they're scared of the guy in the trench coat. Okay, I get it. Your mama wants to step up. Their parents are involved. Problem is, what else they get involved with? Mm. They want to be hard. They want to run the streets, flexing on everybody. And it's just what you fall into. Your decisions after a certain point are what puts you into those violent ends. So it can't just yeah. land on just the parents. Once you pass a certain point, Parents no longer have any connection there. It's what you end up doing. I mean, yeah. Well, because parents had to provide before that. Honestly, with the area that I'm in, yeah, I could have easily stepped in and, and, and ran drugs for at least three people that I know. At least one that you know, John. Actually, at least two that you know. Fair enough. I won't, I won't, uh, I won't yeah. argue against that. Yeah, I could have been, been rolling in it. I mean, if I would have been that guy, sure. I mean, I've still got Walmart vests in the back room. I've got blank Walmart uh, name tags. I could easily just fake a name tag, walk in and, I don't know, a Black Friday and just start taking shit out the back door or walking out the building. They'd never know. I'm like, yep. I've got the tag right there. Well, there's also, a, uh, there's also a sort of uh, uh, expectation that comes with a certain look. I've been stopped walking down the street by people that have asked me if I knew where they could get weed, you know, just because they assumed looking at me that I'm the kind of guy that knows where they could buy weed. For the record, I did, but I'm not going to tell them. Uh, Point. Well, now it doesn't matter, really. <laughs> yeah, well, 
Well, you don't you don't just snitch people out and tell everybody who your weed guy is. That's not cool. You don't do that. <laughs> I mean, still at this point, yeah, it doesn't matter. But they're not going to stop you and ask either because that's irrelevant as well. They just go somewhere and pick that shit up too. And I didn't even have a weed guy. I just knew a guy that happened to sell weed. <laughs> Isn't that the best of weed guy? <laughs> no. No, to have a weed guy would be someone that I routinely buy weed from. The point I'm trying to make is that in spite of the fact that I look like a pothead, I'm not a pothead. That's well, what no, I'm... see, their perception could have just been that you look like someone who knows people who sell weed. Not necessarily that you smoke weed. And, that, and in that case, that perception was correct because you did. So I'm a long-haired dude in a trench coat. You know, I, I apparently look like I know somebody who buys weed or who sells weed. I mean, to be fair, that that's probably, I mean, everybody probably knows somebody who sells weed. Whether or not they're going to admit it. Well, I mean, like you said, these days it's irrelevant because weed's legal. True. You can just go to a dispensary and get it now. And there's certain areas, there's a dispensary on every corner. You know? Uh, mine alone, I've got. I think we've got at least nine store, nine in just my gen, my city alone. And you don't buy from any of them, do you? Katie gets hers elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, when you can get what they're selling in the stores free because you have a medical card and your person is growing it for you. Yeah, that's the point. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... there could be something to said about uh, the quality. No, there's not. Trust <laughs> <me>. <laughs> you can trust that. There ain't no question of quality here. Mike's uh, over here like, oh, we got our quality on a lot. <laughs> yeah, he, the guy she's getting it from actually sells two dispensaries. Yeah, so and then that, that works out. Mm. That's not always the case, but, I mean, in this case, yeah, that that that. That's fine. I mean, at the same time, once they once they legalized all these weed places, you know the the weed market isn't going anywhere because these places have to sell at market value. And if you're not doing street value, you're gonna get undercut somewhere. Yeah. 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 But I mean, like, deal? that's that again can speak to desensitizing because we can talk about being desensitized to drug culture with the Cheech and Chong series and movies like Half-Baked, you know, or any of that stuff. It's like, oh, weed's fine because it's in all this stuff. Or violence is okay because it's in all this stuff. And no. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but... I think weed's fine just because weed's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, I'm sure there's movies of, you know, fictionalized cocaine use. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm thinking cocaine's fine. Scarface. I will I will. Oh. I will say this, and I want the truth out of anybody. If anybody knows it, who what the hell? Oh, sorry. Has anybody ever overdosed on marijuana? I don't think you can. I think the no. amount of weed you have to smoke would be so astronomically high that it would be impossible. I think it would be more oxygen deprivation at that point. Yeah, I think that's what it boils down to. But I think by the third joint, you've uh, ordered a pizza. Snuggle with your, your dog, fell asleep. You know, like you're you're not 
you're not ODing on that much weed because you're not getting through it all. Like <laughs> you're going to, you're going to watch SpongeBob and take a nap. Like that's just, what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I will. You know I mean? like anytime I've been high, like that. yeah, which edibles is, you know, that's one of the ways that I, I do my weed thing. You know, I get gummies or whatever. I'll have a gummy and sit and watch TV for a few hours. But you know, but I mean, not, you not, as much as you weigh, and all you're gonna get is just super stoned, right? Yeah, it's not gonna yeah. kill you. But yet you can die if you swallow an entire bottle of, like fucking ibuprofen or aspirin. You'll get, an, you al- get an ulcer. You know, you'll eat a hole through your stomach, sure, but no, I, I mean, it. you die. Yeah, there. I mean, you're talking a whole uh, like um. It's, I read a book on toxicology once, and there's this LD50 thing, which is mm-hmm. like how much a particular drug you need to kill like 50 percent of the of 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 the sample size of people that are taking it or something like that. And all mm-hmm. drugs have it, so there is a, there is a theoretical amount that you can take of anything that will kill you. I'm wondering Maybe. if that would destroy your liver. I mean, that would be, you know, the cause of death, just your liver just shutting down. No, nah, that'd be long, more long-term. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be long-term effects. No, no, no. You, I mean, you could take potassium pills and kill yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that'd True. be easier even than, than ibuprofen and stuff like that. Stating. But I mean, like to 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 polish off the subject, yeah, I, I don't think video games or violent media necessarily cause violent behavior in in children or adults. I think that the people that perform these violent acts would have performed them one way or another, had they been exposed to that media or not, they still would have done it. I don't think that there's any kind of. I think that's just an excuse that people look for to try and justify their biases toward these kind of things. If you don't think something's appropriate, then you don't have to partake in it. If you don't think a particular branch of media is appropriate for your family or your children, then you don't have to allow them access to it. There is plenty of ways to prevent that. But I think that what Aaron said about denying children access to to things is true. I think if you tell tell a kid they can't do a thing, it's just going to make them want to do it more. You know, when my mom sat down and said that my brother and I couldn't watch Beavis and Butthead anymore, guess what? We watched Beavis and Butthead all the fucking time. Same thing with Ren and Stimpy. That was one of my favorite cartoons growing up as a kid. My mom thought it was gross and didn't want me watching it. I watched it anyway. It's fucking amazing, and I loved every minute of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, see? This guy knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) I have... Both Ren and Stimpy in little uh, figurines that I actually spotted at a dollar store. No, I'd I'd snap those up in a second. Between that, like them and like Rocco's Modern Life, and uh, dude, I'd have been all over that. Uh, (laughs) Rocco's Modern Life was a trip. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, like childhood is enjoying Rocco's Modern Life for the fun animation and the funny jokes. Adulthood is realizing that Rocco worked at a sex line. Okay, <laughs> like when he was looking for a job in one of those episodes, he was working at a sex line. And the gag was that Mrs. Bighead was one of the callers that called in and, and he got directed to her. I thought that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
either way, like I think what Aaron said has a point. I think that, you know, denying denying your kids access to a thing is just going to make them want it more. But I do think that you have to step in. I think that parenting involves stepping in and saying, I don't think you should have access to this. I think maybe the solution is to sit down with your kid and say, this kind of stuff is inappropriate for you. And I don't think you should have, you know, maybe not to say outright, you can't have this. Maybe it's more to sit down and have an earnest conversation with your child and say, these things are inappropriate for someone that's your age. When you get a little older, we can talk about it, you know, or to just do like my parents did and sit me down when I was, you know, seven or eight and say, we know you have these things. We know that you have enough common sense to know you can't do this stuff in real life. And we trust you. And I think that's the kind of thing that kept me from, from being that kid that was going to shoot up to school, you know, was having parents that were aware enough of what I was doing that they were, they were watching me. You know, I knew they were watching. I knew they cared. And I think that meant a lot. I think that made a difference. All right. So we're all in agreement. It's literally parents being active and doing things in moderation. That's, that's where I'm going with it. I think that's. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I do believe everything that I've had to say is, is done, John. I think you were good to go about an hour ago. <laughs> Aaron? Yep, I'm good, too. I'll clear off the table.